You know, God has a way of connecting you to the right people at the right time. And Draylen Young has been one of those people for me. He is the guest on today's episode of the Noteworthy Podcast. Draylen and I saw each other last week at the UPCI General Conference, got connected again. We actually met a couple of years ago um, at IBC Music Fest and just became friends, love his family, love what he is doing. And Draylen is a worship pastor at First Church in Michigan. He is one of the most talented guys I know. You might know him from a little song from James Wilson's album called Give Me Jesus. Yeah, that's Draylen Young singing with James. He's an incredible guy, and he has some great insight today. He really dropped some wisdom on us about being an apostolic artist and the importance of never sacrificing being apostolic Um that, that we don't have to give up excellence in order to be apostolic. And Draylen is a wonderful example of that. He's excellent in everything that he does. He's a dear friend. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. It's going to be a very special episode from Draylen Young. Let's go. Hey everybody, I am on the line with the one and only Draylen Young. Draylen, how are you doing, bro? I'm doing good. How are you, sir? Man, I'm I'm doing great. Thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule today to be on the podcast, bro. Oh, by no means. I'm I'm, I'm I am honored to be here and honored to uh, just, just be able to talk to you, man. I love you and your wife very much, and me and my wife talk about you guys all the time. So. Oh, we love you guys too, man. We love following you guys, and uh, uh, for those listening, Draylen and I were actually both at General Conference last week, and we got to connect, and um, you know, he's super famous, so it's hard to book him, but I was That's able to... That's not true. I was able not, to... Don't listen to him. He's not telling the truth. <laughs> not, no, it, I'm so glad we got to connect, bro, and so I've really been wanting to interview him on the podcast and we connected at general conference and were able to book this. So I'm excited about it. And, uh, so Draylen, we, we actually, I was thinking about it uh, yesterday. We actually first met, first time we met in person was at IBC music fest last year. Yeah. And it was really cool. We were both guest artists that year, which kind of is a bonding thing, you know, with the other <laughs> artists that are there. And that was just an awesome event. I've always loved Music Fest. Um, and you were a student at IBC, right? Yes. Yeah, I graduated uh, 2015. So from 2011 to 2015. Oh, wow. Okay. So Indiana Bible College, the infamous uh, music school, incredible music. You know, you know, yeah. I grew up at IBC, so it's very close to my heart. And oh, wow. uh, I don't know if you realize that. We'll talk about that a little bit. But my dad, uh, Talmadge French, he actually used to be the vice president at IBC. So, um, oh, okay. So I, I grew up on those pews, bro. I was there all the time. Wow. That's incredible. I had no idea. Like, I, I know. I his name like a ton of times while I was there. <laughs> it's a small world. It, yeah. It, it is. I didn't know if you realized I grew up there, but... 
Um, in 2018, being a part of Music Fest, you know, uh, the infam- infamous Lyndall Anderson, the the one and only, um, it was it was really surreal being there as a guest artist um, growing up there. But um, tell us a little bit about your experience going to Indiana Bible College. What was that like for you? Uh, man, it was it was amazing. Uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed my time there. Made made some life uh, life lasting connections. Wow. Um, obviously, the number one being my wife Kelsey, um, that has oh, forever changed that. my life. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I met her there, and uh, just met some friends that are. I mean you know, near and dear to my heart. I grew up as an only child. So, uh, you know, I, I really, really, um, just really gravitated towards having brothers and sisters, you know, at the church and, uh, my church family is very important to me. But when I went off to Bible college, you know, living with, you know, uh, a group of guys, yeah, from day one, you know, when you're first there, you're first insecure about yourself and, you know, you're getting culture shock and just blending along with, you know, people that will always be a part of your life. Those are my, my brothers and my sisters, man. And I, um, just very, very grateful. But the, the entire, uh, the entire experience was just incredible, man. It, It was, it, it surpassed any type of, uh, expectation that I had. Uh, given the fact that I didn't really know much about IBC before I went, um, I, you know, I, I didn't grow up in, uh, in church. I didn't get into church until I was probably about 13, I think. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, so, you know, I'm first generation, you know, Pentecostal and wow. I, I had no, no, I mean, you know, like you, you hear, I've always heard some songs from them. We, we would sing them from our church, you know, um, but never could put like, faces to people, you know, never knew that, you know, it was anything about it, you know, until I went to, um, youth Congress in 2011 and I had just graduated high school that year. So, you know, Congress is probably like two weeks before the school semester starts, you know, Mm -hmm. I went to Congress and I heard praise and I, I had two friends, uh, that were attending, uh, IBC at the time. And uh, one of those friends uh, was uh, Kirsten Stigelman. She is uh, from Indiana, and her pa- her family had actually just moved to my home church in Dallas, where I'm from. And uh, so she was finishing her last two years at IBC, kind of told me a little bit about it. and was like, yeah, you should come, you know. So I literally made the decision to go like two weeks before school actually starts. And so, I mean, and I just drove down there. <laughs> so, wow. So, I mean, it was just kind of like a, I didn't know what to expect, but obviously living on the other side of it now, it has, you know, changed my entire life, you know, completely, you know, so it was a great experience, you know. That's so awesome, bro. Indiana Bible College is a very special place. There's just, it's, it's an electrifying atmosphere when you're there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you, you get everything you need, you know. From from you know ministry, music, friends, and and just spiritual application, man, it's it's incredible. Absolutely. Now you mentioned uh, North American Youth Congress. Um, now c- correct me if I'm wrong, but haven't you been on the team at NAYC? 
the, the I music was, team? I was in uh, in 2015, I believe it was, whenever it was in Oklahoma City. Okay, okay. Um, gotcha. Yeah, I was on the team that year that uh, Sister Jessica DiGiovanni was over the team. And uh, yeah. Gotcha. F- funny time. story about that, okay? So Rachel and I were blessed to be able to work on the team this year. And right. I, I guys saw... killed it, by the way. Oh, oh, my oh thank you so much, bro. So it was a real honor to get to be a part. Very surreal, very life-changing. But um, it's a funny story about this, because my wife and I like follow you guys. We love you and your family. And I saw on the UPCI Youth Ministries Instagram, I saw a picture of you singing at NAYC, and, and it bothered me. I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. Because I was at NAYC 2017, and uh-huh. Rachel was convinced that you sang that year. And I was like, no, I know Draylon. I love Draylon. I would have noticed if Draylon was up there. So we had, we had like this 15-minute long conversation arguing That's about so- like, and so it finally hit me, wait, he was, I, I wasn't able to go in 2015. So I've been at 17 and 19, of course. But anyways, we had this big conversation and we were trying for the life of us to figure yeah. out uh, what year that was. But that, that is <laughs> you awesome. Know what it, you know, what the problem is, is that, you know, um, which obviously our organizations are getting a lot more, you know, rounded in terms of like, uh, having some more brothers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, we kind of all kind of look alike a little bit, you know, me and, uh, <laughs> me and, uh, Travis Dykes, we get this every single time, you know, where somebody comes up to me and they're like, Hey, they're like, man, you were tearing up that bass, man. <laughs> and, and, or, you know, somebody come up to him and be like, man, you were, you know, you were singing, man, it was so awesome. And it happens so much that like me and Travis are actually really close and we I just like Travis, accept man. it and we just kind of like talk about it. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, that was all God, you know. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because people mix me and you up a lot. They're like, yeah, hey, absolutely. <laughs> what, was that you? <laughs> I get wow. that all the time, bro. All the time. Oh, man. It's a it's a common misconception. We come from the same family, you know. We're in the same so, fam, so people mix us up. But absolutely. Now, all jokes aside, man, I've really admired your your worship leading for years now. And uh, so, tell us a little bit about uh, your love for music. Obviously, you love music. You're invested into music. Uh, when did this? Uh, when did you start singing and playing guitar? I always tell people that Draylon is kind of like the apostolic Israel because he's always got that. <laughs> acoustic guitar strapped to him you know when did this all start for you it's funny that you say that because um you know like i said i i didn't really grow up in church until i was probably about 13 mm-hmm. and uh in which you know me and my grandfather and my uncle that's those are my parents you know um and you know i had a had a tough situation with my mother and father um, my father wasn't really in my life that much. We, we kind of left him, you know, and, um, my mother, uh, you know, she suffered with, uh, you know, alcohol and drugs and stuff like that. And, but she always, you know, did her best to try to take care of me and make sure that I was taken care of. And, uh, so one of those things was me moving with my grandpa, and my uncle, when I was about 10 or 11. And, uh, my uncle got the Holy ghost praying on his back porch uh, previously before I moved in, wow. and, uh, he got connected through, um, end time ministries, 
which they based out of the church in Dallas that we that we're from. And uh, we started off, uh, you know, just going to church and just being there. And I was going to the youth stuff and just trying to get acclimated and, um, you know, uh, started to take to music because I always like to like mimic you know, movies and songs and stuff like that. When I was little growing up, I could, I could always do it kind of word for word, the same kind of voice inflection and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, which led me to be able to figure out that I could actually sing a little bit. And, um, so then, you know, uh, you know, I'm trying to get acclimated to the youth. I'm trying to get acclimated to being a part of church, you know, and my uncle mm-hmm. comes home one night, uh, from work and he has, four cds in his hand uh he has a cd there's a big uh, choir in dallas called prestonwood choir uh huge choir and uh then he gave me the uh it was a jay moss album uh yeah just i mean incredible vocal dude Mm -hmm. like crazy and uh the third one was an album uh it was kurt franklin's hero album and uh the last one was alive from another level uh, from Israel and Newbury. Oh man, that's a great album. Yeah, and I, you know, I was listening to all those, you know, songs and just really starting to get into them. I really kind of gave them a try, you know. I, I didn't know much about it, but I loved music so much when I was young. You know, I've always loved music. Yeah. But, uh, but in terms of like learning it and getting it, like you know, spending time trying to learn it, uh, that happened when I start listening to Israel and I heard that CD and I saw that that was a song that we actually sang at church was friend of god it was on the album and i listened to the song and i was like man like we don't do this song the same way at all right <laughs> yeah. so so on a, like that right there just kind of opened me up a little bit and was like wow there's like completely different ways to you know do music and so like church music i that I, was like probably the first time i realized that like church music okay was kind of cool you know right yeah um but uh yeah, that happened. And then I went to YouTube not too long, you know, from that experience and saw Israel, you know, playing the guitar and singing songs that he wrote and with his team. And, you know, listen, I would listen to one album that I listened to, you know, just uh, every single one of them at that point. And then, man, that's when the light bulb, you know, went off for me when I was about 13, watching him on YouTube. And uh, I was just like, dude, like, that's that's what I want to do. You know, like if, if I can do anything, um, with the rest of my life, if I, if I could, you know, I, I want to do that, you know? So that's awesome. That's, bro. that's what it hit for me, man. Wow. You know, Israel's music has impacted a ton of people. And, and if yeah. you, if you look at his impact just on the music ministry side of things, you know, Rachel and I, uh, record at vanquish with Joe Salamita and, yeah. Um, Joe has, uh, worked with Israel, uh, wow. on his, I think it was his Jesus at the center album. Wow. He, he helped him uh, with that album. So it's cool, man. It's kind of like we're all connected in a certain way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now you currently serve as a worship pastor in, in Michigan, right? Yes. In Michigan. And so, uh, is it, um, is it Ascend Church or is it First Church? I'm trying to remember which the name of your church. Uh, it's called First Church. First Church. That's okay. Yeah. Forgive me. Okay. I see Ascend, so I wasn't sure. I, I wasn't. I wasn't sure. But um, what do your weekly responsibilities look like um, as a worship pastor? 
Well, they have evolved uh, over time. Okay. Um, when I first, when I first, you know, came to first church and you know was helping out with the team and stuff, and um, you know, really, really trying to get um, things squared away. Uh, what it looked like at first is I, you know, I led worship every Sunday and every Wednesday, like every time, you know. Okay. So uh, obviously that looked like, you know, me putting songs in the planning center, uh, putting in all of the chord charts and all of the uh, YouTube links and um, getting all the multi-tracks ready, um, you know, rehearsing with the band, you know, then rehearsing with the singers and then rehearsing with them all together, um, you know, teaching vocal lessons, teaching piano lessons, drum lessons, bass, guitar, you know, Wow. And um, so, I mean, it was very much more hectic on the front end of me coming in just because, you know, they don't they don't really know who I am. You know, I'm I'm having to kind of build relationships and, you know, whatever. Right. Um, so my schedule used to look like, you know, um, when I first started um, coming here, I, I wasn't full time when I first got here. So I was just part time. So I worked you know, every, every day during the week. And then I might've had like one or two days off. And on those days I would come to the church and, you know, come in and pray and, uh, you know, help the assistant pastor and, um, just kind of do whatever it is that needed to be done as well as all those, uh, the responsibilities that I had, you know, but, um, you know, that was kind of me in my worship leading, like being a worship leader, just a worship leader at the right. time. Mm -hmm. But I, I have slowly transitioned and, and am transitioning, you know, uh, and evolving into, you know, this worship pastor uh, role where, you know, my week, you know, looks a lot more now that I have I've developed teams uh, where we have multiple worship leaders and multiple musicians. And that's um, great, man. That's awesome. That, you know, and it's a blessing, man. These I mean, the people here this church was already talented. You know, I just, I, I tell everybody, like, I just inherited like a billion dollars when I first moved here. So <laughs> just didn't know that, you know? Um, so everybody here is just legit, you know, our sound guy, Jeremiah Gibbs. I mean, he's just on top of stuff. And, um, so now what my week will kind of consist of is, you know, uh, on Mondays, I kind of take that day kind of off during the day, uh, to be with my family, just to kind of recover after Sundays. That's good. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, you know, we, we, and we handle like house stuff, you know, during that day, go pay bills, whatever. And, uh, that's the and, worst. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I know. I hate <laughs> I it. it makes me so mad. I'm like, dude, has this not went down at I've all? I've often prayed to the Lord that, that music ministers wouldn't have to pay bills anymore. Oh, like he, gee, he keep, we're going to, let's, let's start a fasting chain. <sighs> oh man, let's do a chain <laughs> per network on this. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm sorry, so, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, you're good. So, uh, so at probably like five or so, we'll do a, um, we have a, our, like our all department meeting, our, our, or I should say our core team meeting uh, at the church from like five 30 to about six, Fifty or something like that, and at seven o'clock we have church prayer, so we're all there for that. And then, uh, then you go home. Tuesday, I come in. We have a team prayer um, at about eleven o'clock, and uh, we just pray and you know do our thing. And then I go, actually go to the gym and play basketball 
um, from about 12 to about two. And, uh, is this, it's saying poor connection. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay. You're good. Okay. Sorry. It said poor connection. It's not on my end, but if, if I can hear you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So on Tuesdays, you know, after prayer, I'll go to, uh, go to the gym and this is really my time to kind of like connect with the guys there. I've been going to the same gym at the same time, uh, playing basketball with the same guys every Tuesday and every Thursday, uh, for probably about two years now, two or three years. And, you know, I know their names, they know me, they know that I'm the church guy, but whatever. And is this uh, a gym in your city or at your church? Uh, in the city, it's LA, it's just a LA fitness. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, so I just go there and play ball and if they have invited a couple of friends, you know, to church, they have come and they've enjoyed it. Uh, so it's just, that's just my way of being able to, uh, connect with my, you know, my city in some way. That's good, uh, man. That's important. Yeah, it's very important. Um, and then after that, I'll come back and just kind of work on, uh, you know, stuff for that week for that Sunday or, you know, like, likewise, we have a, uh, worship conference. Uh, this is a little shameless plug. <laughs> Go for it, bro. I want to hear about it. <laughs> We're having a worship conference, our first annual worship conference uh, entitled The Church. Uh, it's just for everybody. That's kind of the idea what we're saying. And um, so I'm, I'm, you know, Tuesday and stuff like that. I'll be working on projects like that, you know, uh, you know, doing set lists and contacting people, doing budget stuff, uh, any and everything that it takes. You know, uh, sometimes I teach lessons. And then um, right now our church is in life group session. So uh, me and my wife currently lead a life group at the church. It's a game night one. So we kind of teach a Bible study to a group of people at the church. And then after we play games, you know, uh, and, they, and they all meet in different parts of the city, um, different groups. And uh, Thursday we have rehearsal. And what that rehearsal look like, we'll start off with prayer at seven o'clock. Everybody, the band and the singers will be there that are playing for that specific Sunday. And, um, you know, we'll just pray for about 15, 20 minutes and then uh, we'll we'll break off. The singers will go into a different room, go over the song with their with their split track and uh, the band will be together going over the song in the sanctuary with their split track. And then uh, we'll call it a night. And then Friday, you know, we have stuff with the youth, you know, and then Saturday. Um, I think that's normally a day where we don't necessarily have a lot of things going. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of like one of those. Uh, auxiliary days where you know anything it's our it's our catch-all for yeah. sunday and obviously yeah. sunday you know is is we only have one service right now we're moving to two services next year um so that's, that's a big transition much it. yes yes yeah. it is a big transition so uh but that's kind of like a rough you know i mean it, it there's so many things that, that i haven't said in that and things that you know that that you know, that I just completely missed, you know, but that's kind of like a rough, you know, week of what it looks like in terms of my responsibilities. And also another thing I feel, you know, to share in terms of, you know, I mentioned the difference between being a worship leader and a worship pastor. Yeah. I think, uh, that's a very, you know, I think that's a very, uh, used word and title and concept in our, in our day now. Um, and you know, being a worship leader, you know, I think personally, I think where we get the term worship leader from is, you know, the word worship is just, you know, I just think whenever I think of worship, it's, you know, you, whatever is worth, 
a lot to you and, you know, your posture and your heart towards God or to the world. And, uh, you know, leadership is influence. You know, it's it's 100 percent of, you know, that's good. Leading people, you know, and, and having an impact on people and uh, just getting people. So if you put the words together, you know, you are influencing people to worship God or worship something else. Wow. So music, music is just a tool, you know, and I think a lot of people, you know, equate the fact of being a worship leader or being, you know, a leader or anything with worship with music all the time. And, you know, worship has nothing to do with music, you know? Um, and so I, I will go on record to say that you can be a worship leader and not necessarily sing anything. I mean, I think we see that all the time in the Bible. Sure. Um, but, you know, obviously we're, we're, how we use the term, you know, as a person that can sing and leads, you know, le- leads in song or whatever. But um, I've just kind of been trying to transition from just being that to, you know, pastoring people, you know, my, my team, you know, the team that, that God has given me to lead and my pastor has, has asked me to lead them. And, um, you know, just you know, calling them, spending time with them and, and, uh, you know, investing in them and in their life and, uh, you know, spending time. And, uh, you know, one of the cool things that, uh, that, you know, our church, uh, really invests in is, uh, music, you know, and, and in terms of, uh, you know, investing, you know, financially to where, you know, we'll, you know, just as probably like a week or two ago, uh, one of our young girls, her name's Ryan Gibbs. Shout out to Ryan Gibbs. Uh, she's like 13, and she is like, like unbelievable. Like she's probably the coolest 13 year old kid I've ever met. <laughs> wow! And she's like a singer galore, like just a leader at her school. Has she recorded a single? She has not. I am. We are going to make that happen. But name uh, sounds familiar, so I'm not sure where I. Her she's just she's just crazy crazy talented man and she just loves playing the guitar and playing keys and singing wow. and uh but she didn't have a guitar that could plug in so like it was cool like I, I was able to go with her and like you know from from you know from the church being able to like hey like let's go get you a guitar you know that's uh, awesome man stuff like that you know just being able to be a part of somebody's life and uh you know and and be a part of big decisions in people's lives and just be able to be a friend or be able to be a mentor or whatever uh, are the rewarding parts. Uh, but it's also, you know, a part of pastoring, you know, uh, pastoring your team. And uh, so I think that's a difference, you know, uh, in terms of that. Yeah, I like how you kind of rolled that out for us to see, because it is important to see the difference in the two in worship leading and then investing in people are two different things and it's it's funny when you get to know music ministers and and Rachel and I have just been really blessed over the last few years to get to know a ton of different worship leaders and artists and and you know worship pastors or worship leaders and every church kind of has a different title. I never really know what to call, you know, to call yeah, people. Yeah, but, I don't. Uh, offend, I don't get offended either way. You know, some people are like, oh, that, that that's worship pastor to you, sir. You know, <laughs> I, I'm, my name is Draylen. You right. can call me Draylen. You ain't got to call me. <laughs> you know, so much of what a music minister does is doesn't involve music. It, it has so much to do with with people and and organization. And it sounds like you guys have a well-oiled machine there, man. I I respect that and 
have a lot to learn from you in that way. God's trying okay. to help me. But um, I know you're a great songwriter because I've heard songs like Fortress and uh, one slipped by me until this week, Victorious Exchange. Somehow, some way, uh, I'm so <laughs> out of the loop that I hadn't heard that until this week. And what what a great song. Oh, appreciate it, man. Um, tell us a little bit about... Now, I know it's under the label Ascend Music, and uh-huh. so you can tell us a little bit about that, but also, what does your songwriting process look like? Yeah, so, um, you know, it... It uh, well, I'll start with the first question. So, um, Ascend Church uh, is pastored by uh, Pastor Jamil McLaurin, him and his wife Vivian, uh, great friends of me and Kelsey. Um, he's actually a big reason why I moved here to Michigan. Uh, he was actually serving at uh, First Church as the uh, assistant pastor. Didn't as well as- he grow up in Indiana? He did, yeah. He so did. we went to church camp together when we were kids. Yeah, more than likely, more than likely. I'm <laughs> That's sure. So crazy. Uh, he's man, he's just incredible leader, uh, incredible, um, just you know, singer and and worship worship leader and preacher. I mean, he's one of those guys that you hate because he's so talented. And <laughs> so good. And uh, you know, but uh, we developed a really good friendship while I was at school, and uh, so he was here at a first church serving pastor Hoffman. And, um, I was here or he, he kind of brought me here, you know, uh, to, to be the worship guy and, you know, me kind of try out and see if, see if I like it. And, uh, you know, it just worked out really well. So I was able to, you know, serve alongside him, um, you know, probably like a year I would say. And then, you know, he actually launched a church, uh, uh, it's probably like 15, 20 minutes away from, um, our church, first church, and uh, man, they're just killing it, man. They're doing incredible. But one of the things that's very important to him as a pastor uh, is writing music and 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 creating content. And uh, I mean, if you just follow them on Instagram or Facebook, I mean, they're, you know, killing it, man. And so one of the things that while I was helping uh, me and my wife helps, uh, we served on the launch team of Ascend and uh, the big, like big vision pieces for Pastor Jamil was, you know, he wanted to write songs and record them and them being like very strong uh, things at the church, you know, like having songs for for his church, you know. And, That's and, awesome. And it was just, it was awesome to be a part of it. I, I always, I would, I would write songs by myself. I didn't think anybody like cared about them. And then I showed them to him and he was like, oh man, like, dude, let's write songs, you know. So, you know, those two songs specifically, Fortress and Victorious Exchange, I was just a co-writer on. Uh, those are actually songs that uh, Jamil had, um, you know, birthed, you know, like those are ideas that he came up with. And, you know, I'll just add a little thing here and there. But uh, those for the most part, man, those were songs that he really, really kind of, you know, uh, you know, kind of came up with the concept of what we were talking about and, you know, kind of established the melodies and stuff like that. He's great, great songs. Great songs, man. Yeah. Yeah, but in terms of my songwriting process, uh, it has evolved. Um, when I first started, it was just me in a room with a guitar, and um, you know, writing songs that really weren't good at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, nonetheless, it was a start. You know, it was yeah. it was a start that I. It was something that was just I was very passionate about. Absolutely. And, um, and uh, so with J- with Pastor Jamil, uh, we would just sit down. 
a day a week and just go over ideas. And then I would just kind of mow over them a little bit. But, uh, you know, my, my process, I really like to start with, um, you know, with prayer. Uh, most of the songs that I've written have always come out of a season of prayer or, you know, just something that's been going on. You know, I don't, I don't really like write for fun, you know, which the great songwriters do, you know, but I don't really, I don't really write for fun. I'm the same way, man. I'm the same yeah, way. like I, it's just kind of weird, you know, but um, like I have to kind of be like inspired of God to, to, to write a song, you know, and I think but in terms of stuff like being more fun, like doing stuff for, you know, what feels right. It's more so on the music side, you know, like if I, you know, I mess with sounds and stuff like that, you know, on my computer, like I have more fun doing that than like writing lyrics. Um, but, you know, if I'm sitting down and I have the music, like I'm, I'm like really trying to crack down on the words. See, that's such a benefit though, because you are so musical that that really must bleed into your songwriting, I would imagine. Oh yeah. I think it's a big, it's a very big piece because of me, like the person that I am, I'm more of a feeler type of guy. Mm -hmm. uh, I love, you know, I can, insp like inspiration comes really when I'm like listening to music you know if i'm hearing something in my head or if i'm just sitting down playing the guitar or whatever i just kind of hear stuff and like you know for i always write a lot of times i have to be careful like from the pers like the perspective that i write um like i always write from the sense of like man from a worship leader's perspective like i hope that they can understand what i'm saying and then a lot of times like you know, so I have to see how it feels, you know, delivering it as opposed to a lot of times I need to, you know, take some time and like listen and be like, OK, if I'm a person that's just walking in church for the first time or, you know, am I going to be able to understand this or whatever? Uh, and I'm kind of going on a rabbit trail here. But no, no, you're good. This is good. But, uh, you know, the process, man, it, it can look different at any time. Uh, Do you can, start melodically or lyrically? Do you start with music? What usually is the first step for you? You know, um, honestly, lately, lately it's been musically. Um, it'll start off with like a chord progression or it'll start off with like a melody or it'll start from, you know, an altar call. Like just for example, like we had a we had a uh, brother Victor Jackson at our church last last Sunday and um man he just he's a pretty good preacher no he's incredible yeah, yeah, yeah he's all right he's, all <laughs> he's amazing oh my goodness so he came up and preached a message that was literally for our church I mean I mean it's crazy if I could tell you how that happened but wow. um he whenever he finished he had this this thought that hey you know you've travailed and you've delivered you know you've delivered uh, a, uh, a child of harvest, but now the joy is going to come. And right there, like he he said those words, joy is going to come. And like, I just, I heard that and I'm like, man, like we need to, we need to declare that, you know? So I, for altar call, everybody was praying and, you know, nobody, there was no other musician. So I, he just asked me to come up and play the piano and kind of, you know, sing, which has happened like um, like every time he's come here, <laughs> like it's like it's like so up up in smoke that like you know everybody else is you know whatever on their face and, yeah yeah and he's like hey can you come up and just play you know so um 
he just said that he just said those words joy is coming you know and i just i literally started like just going around and just seeing how i feel just start spitballing you know and that's one thing i would say about songwriting that you know that makes it a lot better as you you know it's a muscle you know you got to work it out it's got to get stronger you have to continue to do it you know the only way that you get better is do it you know right and, right um, and so when when i'm sitting down like if i have to and, it, and if there's songwriters that are listening you have to get to the place where you're okay with whatever comes out of your mouth you know wow. like you ha- you like just boom like sit or however it comes Good out like, just sit down and just start going because you'll you'll start working it out you know and yeah you know, like you know writing out songs like you write it and then you scratch it out and you feel bad that you did that but that's so good that you finally got it out of you you know like it's yeah. out and yeah, it's a process yeah yeah like it's just so important so i just sat down and just started spitballing but like while altar calls going on and I have a microphone and I just started singing a song. I just started, you know, you know, singing, you know, it's all right. It's OK. God will make a way. You know, it's all right. It's OK. Don't be afraid. Um, and just kind of harping on that. You know, my joy is coming. My joy is coming. And that just came, you know, like super quick. Um so a lot of times it comes just from thoughts, you know, like if I hear a sermon or if I hear uh, read something in a book, I'll write I'll write the lyrics down and say, man, this needs to be a song later. And I just kind of wait for the moment where the music is kind of makes me feel like, OK, we're going to we're going to do something about this. And like, you know, I'll record a little track or something or just sit down with the piano or guitar and just start working it out, you know. Um, but uh, that's kind of. I know that I've given you like five different angles of way songs come to me, but no, that's uh, good though because it's just how it happens, you know. There are a lot of of songwriters, I believe, that listen to this show, and um, everybody has a different way of of approaching. You know, how do I start with the song? That's usually the number one question. Yeah, is where do I start? You know, what do I do? I was just in at general conference. I uh, went to the Britney Scott. Uh, seminar you know how they do those split sessions at general conference and and at the end of britney's lesson about songwriting they had a q a Uh and and she's like who has any questions and all the hands go up you know and and everybody's (laughs) like where do i start you know that's everybody's first question so i i love that you took it from different angles because it's important for those listening to know that there are different ways to to write you know not everybody writes the same way i I have a very strange process of writing music. It it usually involves uh, voice memos on my iPhone. Same. And, and <laughs> I, I mean, I literally was at Starbucks yesterday, and a song will come to me. And I'm I'm kind of like you, bro, where I I I very rarely just sit down to just write. Like Frankie yeah. Taylor, my friend Frankie Taylor reached out to me. He's doing a live recording in November, and he's like, Nathan, I want you to write a song for my live recording. I'm like, bro, bro, <laughs> like you don't understand. I'm not talented enough to do that. Like I need Jesus to help me. <laughs> like you think I could just sit here and write a song? I really need Jesus. Like you don't understand how much I need him. <laughs> you can do and, it, dude. I know you can. 
I do. The Lord has to, to like give me something. Of course, I have melodies and things, but I was literally at Starbucks yesterday. I probably looked like a crazy person sitting there with my <laughs> pumpkin foam cold brew, like whispering into my phone, like, here's a song idea, you know, that I have. <laughs> but that's kind of the process for me. And, and I, that's one thing I love about this podcast, bro, is that we can encourage, you know, people in ministry, songwriters from all different uh, yeah, aspects. Absolutely. That's actually where Noteworthy came from, by the way, you know, kind oh, of a wow. pun on That's note, sad. noteworthy. Um, but uh, when I, I'm a little upset that I can't just go to iTunes right now uh-huh. and uh, buy my Draylon Young album, I'm a little upset. <laughs> I'm a little upset. So explain to me. Uh, when can I expect to be able to go pre-order? Because I will be the very first person to buy it. <laughs> uh, do you have any plans of recording an album in the future? Uh, very much so. Uh, I just recently um, flew out to uh, California with my wife uh, to record three songs. What? Um, with yeah, three songs that we wrote together. And uh, just to be real, um, I think we're going to try to do um, I'm just going to do singles for now. You know, I'm going to do a couple singles and I'm looking to at least release those by January 1. Um, Bro, of I'm so excited right now. So, you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so pumped. Your voice sounded so funny just now. Like, but that's what oh, I was saying when I get excited. <laughs> I'm so excited right now. I'm so excited. (laughs) Dude, I'm so pumped. That's going to be amazing. So, yeah, so the the plan, and I'm kind of giving it away, you know, but I don't care. I I tell people stuff all the time. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to try to do a a live recording as well next year. Whoa. Um, Yes. Everyone has going to be doing it. Brother James has, like, punched everybody in the face and said, okay, why can't we do this? We can. And he just did it, and it's been absolutely incredible. Killed it. Um, So uh, I'm looking to, you know, obviously these three songs will be on that record. Um, There's also, you know, a couple, probably like four or five other songs that, uh, you know, maybe one or two other people have heard. But, um I'm just trying to I'm just trying to go for it, you know, and uh, I'm looking to do that hopefully by October of 2020. So um, that's crazy exciting. That's, that's the plan, but it may it may change. It may be sooner. It may be, um, you know, who knows? But, but well, if there's one thing I've it. learned, if you wait for the right moment to record, it will never oh, come. It's it will, so true. It will never come. Just you, you really have to just do it. You know, Rachel and I decided that we were going to do a project every year. We're psycho. We're insane. And for this will be in January, we'll be doing our fourth project. And so even if it's just, even if it's just one song, we've kind of made a commitment, you know, in 2019 we did when glory washes glory. And that was like, thank you. Thank you, bro. That was like our one song for that year, but that's, that's what we felt like God wanted us to do. Uh, yeah, but in January we're actually going to do a three-song EP and release them all at the same time. So, 
we're we're not going to do them as singles. We're going to do it as an EP. But uh, and and to, to be honest, it's not a great time. I mean, we have our second baby like almost here any day now. Uh, but you just have to go for it, man. And I'm so excited to hear that that you're going to do that. I'm so stoked. Yeah, I appreciate it so much, man. Well, I, I hope that you will text me the link before anybody else can get it. So <laughs> just please, that's all I ask. I just want to be okay. the first person. <laughs> you will be the first. I will I will let you know. And please don't ask me to write a song because I need Jesus. And, and <laughs> <laughs> so. well, I actually do need you to write a song. So, I, I got um, you, bro. I'm on it right now. <laughs> thank you. We might have to write it on this podcast episode. <laughs> Because I'll need your help big time. But uh, you mentioned James Wilson's album, Give Me Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you absolutely killed it. But you were the kind of the guest soloist on this song. Everybody's singing it. And, and you really took this song to the next level. James did such an incredible job. We got to work with James at NAYC. He's just another level of talent. Yeah, like he, kind of, he makes me sick because he can do everything. Everything. Yes. Yes, uh, it's just he's crazy. <laughs> but yeah. uh, what was it like working on that live recording? And what have you learned that you feel like you can take into your live recording next year? Man, um, it was it was a, first of all, it was a, such an honor to be a part of that. Um, I was blessed to be able to write a song on his album. And uh, he recorded that. Uh, it's a song called Hallelujah that uh brian pound sings that's a great and, song. Uh, just, just kills it man it was just way farther than what i ever thought you know um but you know i was able to do that and then i sang on give me jesus and then i played acoustic guitar on uh the record live and man i don't think james will ever understand how much of a dream come true that was for me uh you know as i mentioned earlier in this podcast that um, you know, Israel Houghton has been a very big influence on me uh, growing up. Right. And that was one of the things that I really, really loved about him was not only did he do his stuff, but he wrote songs for other people's records and he would be there and be playing acoustic guitar and, you know, That's you know true. Yeah. contributing, you know, and that right there is what I've always loved to do. And James is always, you know, he's always called me and had me be a part of, you know, any team that he's ever done. Uh, I remember for the uh, youth youth workers training thing, um, asked me to come and be a part of that, you know, asked me to come and, you know, be on his record and uh, be on the Battle Cry tour. And, man, it's just been a huge awesome. to me, you know, just being able to do that. Uh, it was a surreal situation, dude. Like, it's just, it was incredible. Um, and, and really working with the level of musicianship and the singers, I mean, it's like, like, yeah, it's another level people that are on the top of their game, like for real, you know? And, um, that was just an awesome experience. Uh, the thing that I really, you know, took away, I mean, I took away a ton and I call them all the time and ask them questions, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, uh, you know, just the dedication and hard work that it takes you know, because, you know, James put a lot into that, you know. It was he, like a year-long process, right? Oh, yeah. I would say a year and a half. And he recorded, you know, demos of every song the way he wanted it to be. And uh, and then sent it out to everybody and had the stems ready. And, 
you know, we all came in probably like a week, the whole, like a full week and rehearsed and went over everything every day, all day. Just coordinating that many people is insane. It's, it's hard, man. It's like, it's a lot of work. I do think that the Lord is preparing me though, because this worship conference is kind of the same thing. Uh, like there's a lot of people like involved <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. and actually James is being one of them. He's actually coming down and, uh, you know, leading worship for it. And that's brother awesome. Larry will be here and, uh, just coordinate all the charts. Oh man, pray for us, man. We, I've never, we've never, we've never done anything like this. So, uh, you know, obviously there's a whole bunch of stuff I have to learn, but, um, just super excited. You're going to do a great job, bro. I, I saw oh. the, the, kind of the ad y'all did for it. I, I was like, man, I, I want to be at that. <laughs> that looks amazing. That really yeah. does look great. But uh, yeah, so I, I did take away that, man, you know, he, the thing that I, but really the thing that really spoke to me was, you know, he, the reason that it's doing so well is because he obeyed the voice of God. You know, I, like it wasn't, it obviously it was going to do great either way. It was bound to do great just because he's talented, just because, you know, he's, an incredible gift to the body of Christ and all those people are just on top of their game. They know what they're doing, you know, and it was just, it's just great, you know, but at the same time, it was an act of obedience to what God had spoke to him to do. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's a big reason why I think that it, it has caught on to so many different platforms the way that it has, uh, is because, you know, we can do all we want to do, you know, because we want to do it, but it's another thing to be ordained of God to, um, that's right. Yeah. To, to do that. And, and, and I just, I, I love that. And I actually have caught wind of that and I've heard God speak to me and to, to, to do that. Uh, and I've always just been afraid and always just kind of pushed it away. And, but, uh, you know, I, I, I have to do it. You know, I have to, I have to be obedient to what God has told me. And, um, have to believe it, you know? So, uh, I think that's probably the biggest thing I think that I've taken away from it. Obviously, you know, practically you gotta, you know, get everything ready and work hard and, and, you know, and make everything sound right and get everybody connected. But, um, yeah, man, just, just finally accepting the fact that like, it's gotta happen. You know, yeah. it's just like, gotta do the it. biggest thing. Yeah. That's powerful, bro. And uh, I'm very, I want you to know I'm very thankful that you're accepting that call. And we we need apostolic artists, bro. We need it. And and uh, this is, I'm going to close on this. I promised I wouldn't keep you too long. But, oh, I'm uh, good. But God is, um, have you noticed that God is, is raising up apostolic artists? It, and there's, there's this new level of, excellence that is within the apostolic church and and with music i mean at nayc bro there were so many times to be honest where i just sat there and i was like what am i doing here because this talent is like yeah it's it's beyond belief bro the level of talent and people like yourself and james and, and Brittany scott frankie taylor man i i could just go on there's a there's a large list there's a ton and, um, you know, I feel like as God gives us this platform, and I've, I've really had this on my spirit lately, but as God gives us this platform, we have to be stewards of that. 
Absolutely. Um, because this this platform, in my opinion, has not always been available to us. I believe right. that we have, I believe we've kind of stepped into a new dimension of of what God wants to do with apostolic music. But what, in your opinion, to close us out, um, as an ap- apostolic artist, what do you think that we need to do to, you know, uh, Jack Cunningham said it like this. He said, Generation Z, apostolic to the core. Mm-hmm. And so I've been using this this terminology a lot, apostolic to the core. Yeah. What what do we need to do as as apostolic artists to make sure that we maintain excellence but never sacrifice being apostolic for that cause? Yes. Um, honestly, there are a couple of key words that come to me. Uh, the first one I will say, number one is submission. Um, I, I think that, I think that the most, um, I think the safest place for anyone to dwell, uh, you know, and, and, and and it even goes scripturally, you know, you know, David said this one thing, you know, this one thing that I, that, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And, and it's like, yeah. you know, obviously there's a lot of things that are tied to that, you know, back in the old Testament, but he was just so grateful that he could be in the house of the Lord. You know, uh, there's a lot of generational things that, you know, obviously that we could go into, but he wasn't supposed to be able to be there. You know, wow. uh, he wasn't supposed to be able to, to be able to come into the temple um, and, and, and worship, but, but he was able to, and he just, he just had to pause in Psalms and said, man, you know, this one thing, you know, is like, man, like I get to, I get to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's and I don't so think that we're able to do that without submission to our elders and to our pastor without accountability. And, um, you know, I believe we are who we are because of, uh, the pillars of people that have been praying for us before we're able, before we even walked in the room. And uh, I, I'm a type of guy that I just, I, I love to honor um, my elders, my pastor, my leaders, because I just know that like, I would go stir crazy without them, you know? And uh, yeah, I think that's, a, I think that's a number one thing that, that we all can, can strive to be. I heard a great, great leader say that submission, Mission is not a destination, but it's a it's a it's a journey, and you you it's a journey that never ends. You're you're always finding ways to wow. be. It's not like oh, I do whatever my pastor tells me to do, or I'm, you know, that's because that's just obedience. You know, there's yeah. a difference between obedience and, and submission. Yeah, and uh, but just truly seeking to be submitted, and um, you know, working hard to do that because it is a job. Uh, another thing I would say, um, in terms of you know staying apostolic to the core, is know know why you believe what you believe. Uh, you know, a lot of people are a lot of like in, in, our, in our in our in our world. You know, especially in this apostolic uh, in our movement. Um, you know, I grew up in a movement where you know a lot of people you you got you got cast out for asking questions. You know. Um, yeah, you got you got looked at wrong or being disobedient or being unsubmitted or whatever for questions, and and the thing is, uh, you know, uh, and it's so crazy, brother brother Victor Jackson was at our church this last Sunday and he said, God's not intimidated by your questions. 
And he said, you know, questions are not a sign of uh, disrespect, but they're a sign of maturity. That that you're actually That's trying powerful. to figure out okay, yeah. why do why why am I doing this? You know, you know, people don't buy what you do; they buy why you do it. And it's like, mm. if I truly believe that being an apostolic, you know, young man or young woman, whoever's listening, uh, is going to make the world a better place, and it's what God wants. Uh, you know, I understand that there are different denominations and there are different, you know, organizations. And I'm not saying that everybody's got to be the same one. I'm not saying that. Um, and I think we're going to be surprised when we get to heaven, <laughs> when we see <laughs> other people from different places that are right. there, that yeah. got to do a lot of different things than we got to do. But you yeah. nonetheless be glad that you're there. But, uh, you know, I, I think that I think that if you can truly know why you believe this, why this is important, why it's important for you to to be sold out to uh, the word of God. Um, I think that that will keep you apostolic to the core, uh, being submitted, asking questions, being real. Uh, man, there's so many people that just aren't real anymore. You know, like they're yeah. just not they're just not being honest and saying, and like, I don't get this. Can you please explain it to me? You know, or, uh, you know, man, I don't agree with that. Like that goes against something that I. I think is this or whatever, you know, it's okay to, to say that, you know, you've got um, to ask questions. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, just being, just being authentic, man, I think that will, um, think that will really do it. And another thing too is, is, you know, I talked to my pastor's wife, uh, which she just, man, she's incredible. Um, you know, and, and I feel like this, this is something that a lot of people my age have dealt with. You know, I'm, I am a hyphen age, uh, you know, worship pastor, uh, husband and, and father. And, you know, I, I want to make an impact on my city where I am and I want to connect with people and, you know, do all this stuff. And, you know, a lot of times I feel like the, you know, me being a part of an apostolic church where there's elders and where there's other people, you know, for a while I was feeling like, man, there's no way that like these people that I play basketball with at the gym or, that I see at school or that I see at whatever, you know, there's no way they're going to be able to understand what's going on. So we have to make this new thing. You know, we have to make a new service where the cool pastor or preacher that has, you know, Nikes on and, uh, you know, like, like we have to recreate this whole thing. And, and I was in that like for a long time, man. I, 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 and I was, I believed it, you know, I was like, man, we have to we have to do this and i'm all for you know the lights and i'm all for the sound i mean i spend hours in trying to figure out how to make it sound good you know and all that kind of stuff yeah but but at the same time you know my pastor's wife she said you know draylen we still have to believe that god's presence is still enough you know we still have wow. to believe that that a move of god can change somebody's whole direction and and situation in a matter of you know 30 minutes or an hour like i still believe that you know yeah, and it just it. it just hit me you know because the problem is is we want to control everything you know i like i want to control the environment that these people find out who god is you know and it's like i i can't i'm not in control you know i am just a tool that god chooses to use whenever he's ready and when he's not using me to do something specific then i'm 
I'm I'm I, I, I'm okay with that. You know what I right. mean? Yeah, yeah, bro. That so that I is really so good. Appreciate. That's so good. I love that. I love that. Um, you know, it's it's important that we understand that ultimately, what's going to change people's lives is the presence of God. You know, Absolutely. it's it's not going to and 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 we've all been in those atmospheres hopefully not too often but we've all been in those atmospheres where everything sounded right right and the lights looked right but the presence of god was not there yeah and, and i would never want to find myself in that place and i'm so thankful for people like yourself for apostolic worship leaders and and artists that are making a difference bro draylin thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule i I know especially after hearing your weekly schedule you're a busy guy and so i'm thankful that you would do this and i want you to know i'm very thankful for your ministry i thank god for that you're using your talent for him and i believe that it's making a difference in these last days bro oh i appreciate that so much man it means the world coming from you I uh, appreciate you and your wife and your ministry. Always, It's always great to see you guys ministering and just, you know, just a joy to know you, man. Honestly. Hey, and when you guys are ready to do that couples tour, uh, just hit me up. Let's go. <laughs> yes, let's, let's go. go. Let's do it. Let's do it, bro. <laughs> I'm ready, bro. I really feel like God has uh, connected us, man. And I, I, don't, I don't know why exactly, but I'm very thankful for it. And I believe that God is going to. I sure hope he just keeps doing it, man. I, I want to get to work with you and worship with you over and over again. I'm glad I got to see you last week. Please greet your family for me, uh, your beautiful family. We love you guys, and we'll be looking forward to talking to you soon, bro. Love you, man. All right. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye.